Hi, this is Coach Jeff Wright, and in my podcast, Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors, we will take a deep dive with industry experts into different aspects of commercial real estate. My ultimate goal is to give you the knowledge, confidence, and belief that you can transact commercial real estate at a high level, just like you do with residential real estate. So welcome to the Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors podcast. I am your host, Coach Jeff Wright. And with us today, our guest is MJ Agostini. MJ, welcome. Thank you, Jeff. It's nice to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. So I want to just start and give a little background for our audience just about MJ. I've known MJ for a number of years very closely, working on a number of things together, but I've also known of MJ for a very long time in our industry. Just some background for everybody. She's looked at as one of the top realtors in the market in Connecticut and absolutely nationally in the same way. But some background first and foremost. So going back to her education, um, she was educated at Bentley. In addition to Bentley, then she went and got her master's degree, MBA in Hart from Hartford, University of Hartford. MJ is an incredible student, believes in education, part of her real success. So what do I mean by that? So some of her background is that she has high level designations. She happens to be spend most of her time in the residential space, but she has the highest, what I consider level designation, in the commercial space, the CCIM designation. She also, in the residential space, has the CRS designation, Certified Real Estate Specialist, Residential Specialist. She has the Commercial Brokerage designation, Certified Residential Broker. In addition to that, she's taught at literally at licensing schools, but she also has a very specific interest and expertise in historic homes. So she's taught on historic homes and is actually considered by many an expert in that field. Um, and all that's great as a backdrop. But where I wanted to get to is that MJ has actually been in the business now. You know, she doesn't look it, but 37 plus years. And she's actually done in those 37 plus years over 21 hundred transactions. So congratulations about that. But one of the things that I've always marveled at knowing your background is how much of your business comes from what I call doing an unbelievable job, meaning creating repeat referral business. So I know you pride yourself and talk about the fact that 96% of your business has come from repeat referral opportunities. That's correct. Yeah, it's just just marvelous, marvelous. So what I wanted to do is with that background, which is an unbelievable background, I wanted to just jump into your part of the commercial real estate world. The name of our podcast is Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors. You and I both know that's not the norm in our industry. You know, you find a ton of people that our almost entire industry really is one way or another. So really look forward to talking about how you see it and what you've done in your career to be able to do both. So let's just start. When did you become licensed? Talk about when you became a real estate agent and what led you to that path. 
I was licensed actually up in Massachusetts during my days at Bentley. I had taken a real estate class uh, during college that qualified me to take the Massachusetts uh, license uh, examination. That was in 1986. I took it, so I got licensed in Massachusetts before I was licensed in Connecticut. Uh, my family owned, my mother owned a real estate firm, and so I had an interest in real estate as a young child, sitting in the back of her station wagon, driving around, uh, looking at properties. So when I got the opportunity to take the exam in school, uh, that's what I did. And then subsequently came back home after graduation and started working for the family company and re received or went after my Connecticut license. Okay. So take us back. What year was that in Connecticut? 1986. Many moons ago. Many moons ago. Many moons ago. Yeah. And so talk about when did you actually get exposed or start the commercial part of your career? Actually, I started off in real estate doing exclusively commercial work. I was trained at Bentley. My, my goal actually was, or, or what I went to Bentley for, was to be trained to be the controller for my father's company, which was a bus transportation company. And so I went to business school, got a business management degree with a minor in accounting. And my goal was to come home and not work in the real estate business, but work in the transportation business as the controller. And unfortunately, my father passed away um, during that time period. And uh, he had always said to me, you know, you, you should go out on your own, explore what you want to explore first, and then you can certainly come back and work for the family company. Um, but he did, did tell me that, you know, it's uh, without him at the helm, um, it could, things could be different. So his twin brother took over the transportation business, and I went to work for my mother, who had started her own real estate company in the late 70s, early 80s. So she was well underway and uh, I came to work for her and did exclusively commercial because I was trained for profit and loss statements and I was trained for investments and uh, rates of return. So I was in that investment commercial mode. Uh, so most of my early days were selling six families, multi-families, um, some small commercial buildings, some uh, industrial building lots. Um, as a matter of fact, I did sell real estate for my trans my father, my uncle's transportation company. We sold uh, build industrial building lots for them. I find that fascinating because what I know of you uh, now and for a very long time, where you grew up in the market that you're in, you know, that part of Connecticut, you are the number one transacting residential agent, number one in volume from a residential standpoint. So since you can, you've done the commercial, grew up learning it, and you're number one from a residential standpoint, just talk about the value you see in having education for both. Like, how does it help you? How does it help your clients? Just kind of talk about what dual threat education does for you? Well, the education was a paramount part of the commercial world. And my mother pushed the designations as the broker of the company. She, like you, was very education driven and said, having these advanced designations will help you in your business. They'll help you with your clients. They'll help you with your peers. Um, they open doors for you that 
other people don't have. You know, you have what others don't have, and therefore you can propel if you can take those designations and use them and take action. So they did open up the doors. I received my, I, I earned my, my CCIM in 1994. So it was not too long after I was licensed in 1986 that I, I received my CCIM designation. And that was after rigorous courses. There were, you have to go out and take one week courses in different cities. We didn't have Zoom at that time or internet, anything like that. So it was five, five week courses. And then you had to do 20 transactions, commercial transactions, and then take a capstone exam, a two day exam to receive it. And I think my number is 7,370. Wow. And I think there's over 30,000 CCIMs and wow. the overall throughout the country. So if you were to give a residential agent advice to tell them like, Give me three things you would tell them why you would think it would make sense for them to learn to be able to get comfortable, be able to get confident in the commercial space overall. Like what would what would you say to a residential agent that was thinking about or wanted to do commercial real estate? What would you say to them? Well, I would say number one, get your education, whether it's any of the CRE classes or any of the CCIM, uh, the, the CI Institute puts out a lot of education. You have a lot of po podcast information. I would align with a broker or an agent who does a lot of commercial real estate. I think shadowing, partnering, um, you know, where residential agents can segue into commercial is that many of their residential clients do have commercial properties that they may want, want to sell. They could be a user owner. They could be an investor. And if they trust you as a residential broker, they're going to trust your skills. You can easily get into the commercial world for them and help them on their investment properties. It's an easy set. Well, the foundation and for our audience, that wasn't that wasn't a planted question. And the, your response is that is absolutely the reason why I wrote the course commercial real estate for residential realtors starts with the fact that just what your experience was is that residential clients that I helped over and over again started asking for assistance in some commercial investments they want to start having. And that trusted advisor role that you just talked about Correct. was that they didn't know the difference. They didn't know that there were, you know, a difference between a residential agent and a commercial agent. They just knew they trusted you or they trusted me and they wanted our assistance from there. So the other thing that you said early on is I talk often, you've heard me say this, is that, you know, it's great that you went to Bentley. It's great that you got your MBA. The most important thing right now and for anybody that's in our business is to be an A-plus student right now for what they're doing about markets, about their career, about being able to help people. So... I don't want anyone who's listening to feel like, you know, you have to have these advanced degrees to be able to have success. You can absolutely go if you go after the education the way your mom advised um, and the way I've always done it. You can become an A-plus student. The other thing I wanted, MJ, and you're the perfect example for this, is for people to know is that there's real statistics that say the more you learn, the more you earn. 
literally overall. And again, your success and what you've been able to do speaks to that. I mean, I know we talk about the volume of business that you've done. We talk about, I've done 2,100 plus transactions. It all, to me, not all of it, but a big part of it is based on the education you've created, the knowledge to be able to help people each step of the way. So that A plus student part, I can't emphasize enough. Um, so let's just talk about your commercial look at it or yourself, your own career. Is there anything that you would say you specialize in or are you more of what I'm going to call in the sports world, utility player that you can handle multiple things? Just talk about that for the audience. Most of my commercial work is done by previous clients or, or I've derived it from previous clients that have relationships. And I really specialize in the small user owner in other words, the uh, the person that owns, uh, I've sold their house, but they've also have a manufacturing company, they have a distribution company, and they need more space, whether it's leasing or buying, and they transition. So I've helped, been able to help them. But I would say most of my clients are uh, small, under about $5 million. Uh, the transactions are under $5 million, and they're a mix of small industrial buildings, some office buildings. I've helped my dentist um, lease space. Uh, we've helped clients um, go up, expand their businesses, getting them bigger warehouses. They're retiring. We downsize them to get them into, to get them out of their uh, buildings. Uh, so, but all of that is, is basically under $5 million. And, and you know, when you get higher than that, um, most of the transactions are teams that you work on teams. So if you have agents that really want to go for the high end, the $10 million office building or $20 million industrial complex, you know, aligning with teams are, are, are the thing to, yeah. to go. So one of the things I want to go back to that you said is that, you know, I've been asked by a lot of residential agents, they'll say, you know, I can't ever imagine that I could go sell this high rise in Boston, New York City, or wherever. And so I tell them that the education I'm talking about getting, getting the knowledge to be able to help people really is based around what you just said. It's about doing the business that is maybe, you know, I tell them three million, five million. It's it's not that there's a ceiling, but it's the stuff that they're going to run across where they live or in their geographic markets or in the sphere of people that are their clients that are helping them. And it doesn't mean that MJ couldn't do a bigger deal or Jeff couldn't do a bigger deal. We both have done much bigger deals than that. But the sweet spot that I'm trying to get the message across for residential realtors is to learn the language, to learn how the deals are done, just like you're a pro in the residential end. And there's no doubt in my mind that you'll be able to help on those types of transactions that you just talked about overall. So just for the audience right now, because I've said, told them you are without doubt, number one transacting residential agent in the markets that you're in. So today, how much of your business is residential versus commercial? Because I want people to understand it's going to vary. It depends on who they are. 
So talk about yourself. I started, as I, as I said, I started off in commercial real estate. And when the market got bad in 88, and the, the stock market crash of 87 and 88, commercial business really fell off. So I had to do other work in order to survive, to pay my mortgage, to my bills. And that's how I got into residential real estate. It was a natural segue. And um, my mother's firm did both commercial and residential. So I started doing residential at that time. And since then, you know, depending on where the market has been, sometimes my volume is 75% residential, 25% commercial. Sometimes it's 60 residential, 40% commercial. So depending on the market and depending on what's happening, we'll, we'll dis- really depend on what how much I'm I'm doing of each category. Right. So again, you hit another point that I think is really important for the audience to understand is that my goal with creating the course is to let people have multiple income buckets or income streams and let them be able to adjust based on what the markets are and not have all their eggs in one basket which I think is just so important overall. Talk about, is there anything you personally, you with your Bentley background, MBA background, is there anything doing a commercial deal that you enjoy or more than a residential or do you still just the helping of people part? Just talk about yourself. Is there anything from a commercial standpoint that does get you excited or just get helping people get the deals done? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Again, I, I was trained to be a numbers person. So I get excited when I'm listing a 12-unit apartment building. I like doing pro formas. I like doing P&L statements. Uh, I like hel- helping investors meet their goals, their investment goals, whatever that may be. Maybe appreciation. It may be you know, long-term hold play. It could be current income. Uh, so that part of it is that's how Bentley helped me. You know, college and education helps you organize. It helps you stay focused. It helps you with the mechanics of what we do in commercial real estate. So any of the education is uh, that's the backbone for for what you do. And then it's applying that education to those scenarios. And that's the key. And you've always touted that it's not what you know, but it's applying what you know to the situation. One of the things, and with your numbers background, I know how strong you are with numbers. One of the things that I've said over and over again to some of those residential agents is that, like in my mind, if we're selling a two-family or three-family, my normal conversation with somebody is to help them understand what a return is in that scenario so they can compare putting their money towards a multi or doing something else. So any of these things that we learn, number-related, learning how to do cash on cash, understanding what net operating income is, all that will help us both ways. It helps us residentially to apply some of it, and it totally helps us commercially because, as we know, so much the commercial is just driven by what the numbers are overall. Um, Let's just talk about the pure business development part of your business tied to doing both. Like, how do you how do you let your residential clients know that you do commercial real estate? I mean, your designations speak to me. Not everybody's going to understand what your designations are a CCIM, but 
how do you just communicate that you can help them in the commercial space as well as the residential space? Every marketing piece I put out, uh, internet piece, uh, website, mailers, all have a commercial component to it. So when they get the information, they know that not only am I doing residential work, but I'm also doing commercial work. And many times when those newsletters go out or postcards go out or the websites, they show both commercial and residential listings, commercial and residential sales. Uh, so they get hit on from all aspects of the media. I try to keep up that same target every time I, I put something out. Yeah, that's great. One of the questions that our audience may be saying, well, you've got the commercial business and you've done commercial to, to tell, to be able to show some of that. So one of the things that I say to somebody that's in the residential trying to break into the space, they're taking the commercial real estate for residential real estate course, or they're taking a CCIM intro course, is you tell people in your written word. So what I tell people is just even if your email signature block, even if your business card indicated that you do, and I would reverse the order, don't have residential first and you're already dominating residential, have there that you do commercial investment in residential Excellent real estate. Point. Yeah. And just to get our conversation started. So next thing I want to do is just similarities and differences between commercial and residential. Because you and I both know that transactions, some of the things are very similar, meaning the, we have contingencies for both. They may be take longer to satisfy some on the commercial end. They may be more expensive to deal with some of the stuff, but similarities and differences that just to help our residential realtors that may be fearful or intimidated by the thought of trying to do commercial, talk about some of the similarities and differences if you could. I think the most important or the most the difference that stands out to me the most is residential real estate is an after hours business, right? And commercial is business hours. So you're not talking to commercial brokers on Saturday night at seven o'clock when you're out to dinner. Right. Whereas you're talking to residential brokers trying to put a deal together at seven o'clock on a Saturday night. Uh, commercial brokers work Monday through Friday, nine to maybe four or maybe 10 to four, you know, it, and sometimes they're not even in on Fridays. Right. So it's a more business driven type of market. So if you want to back off on weekend work, um, I'm not saying that you're not going to work on the weekends because you could be doing research on the weekends. You could be doing your pro forma statements to help get ready for a meeting. You know, sure. commercial has a lot more meetings or in-person uh, discussions with clients, especially if you are in an upper tier market, you're selling a $10 million office building. As I mentioned before, you're working with probably two or three other brokers besides yourself. That's that's a big difference. When you get into the high uh, priced properties, it's not just you. It's a team of brokers. And you're usually in that, that listing is probably referred to you by somebody, another real estate practitioner out of the area. So the, the, the hours is, is a big difference. And the language, uh, you know, the language is a completely different language. When you're talking about setting up a, a, a showing on a residential property, when you talk about commercial, you're looking for a site visit. Uh, and when you're talking about 
uh, residential, you're looking for, you know, square feet of a house and a building, you're looking for floor loads or ceiling heights or, um, you know, what kind of uh, electricity, what kind of amperage you have. So completely different lingo. And you need to know that lingo because the other the other commercial practitioners will know right away when you start asking questions whether you're versed in commercial or not. And, and that's another fear factor for some of the residential agents is that they don't know the language. And what I tell people, what I tell people is that if they put the time in that they put in to learn, none of us knew the residential language before we started in the residential. We didn't wake up and know what was involved with residential. That's correct. We didn't know it. But, you know, I think of those those individuals that speak two languages and do it fluently. I think of those that play, you know, perform two different musical instruments or sports. It, the biggest thing is it can be done. It's just... Absolutely. It's just what you said. To me, it's learning the language and just always thinking about being the A-plus student. If there's something you don't know you come across, you learn it immediately and you go after it. And part of when I went through my own learning, the greatest challenge that I had initially, and this goes back 20, 25, 30 years ago doing this, was where did I get some of the math formulas and some of the things that are there? And so literally, as I've designed for and taught, I want residential agents to know that those formulas, they may not be as strong as you and I are in math overall, but if you understand the formulas and those formulas are all readily available, part of my course, they're all there, it's really understanding what it means to plug in income and expenses, to develop a net operating income, and to apply a cap rate and to get your value. All that stuff can be done. And I just want to, I don't want them to have the fear to know because it's just learning a second language that we're all capable of doing. So anyway, that's all great. I want to do this though, is that if I was in the audience listening to you, I'd want to know a little bit more about just your success and how you go about just your business development and just like, how do you, let's just talk about goals. Like at this stage of your career, like, and you're looking at 2023 or you're looking at 2024 in the future, just how do you think about business goals? How do you think even about personal goals? Just talk about goals that you may have overall to help you stay at either level that you're at or whatever you're thinking. What does MJ think about when she thinks about goals for the year and the importance of them? You have to always have a goal and you actually have to continue to grow or else you fall behind. And growing doesn't necessarily mean putting more units on the table. Growing can be making your systems more efficient, making your customer service better, uh, making your reach to clients better. Uh, there's there's lots of goals out there that you can set yourself on, but you have to have a goal. Every day that you wake up, there needs to be a goal or else you're just floundering in the atmosphere and you end up at the end of the day and you didn't make any of your goals for that particular day. So real estate is a goal-driven business, whether it's commercial or residential. You need to know what your short-term goals are as well as long-term you have to revisit them every day, every week, every month, every six months, 
Um, you know, I do pro formas on my business every month. I try to keep on top of it, seeing where I'm spending too much money or not enough money, and how does that result? I think the other topic about business development is I'm very involved. Uh, you know, I've been on Economic Development Commission. I was a council person in my hometown. I was on the Historical Commission. I sat on two or three different nonprofit boards. Um, I went to chamber events. You know, I became the trusted advisor, but I'm the go-to person, and people know that. And you have to continuously be in those scenarios because if people don't see you around, then they don't think that you're around. And that, that's, that's critical. So I know when I was learning about you and your own background, and I saw that 96% of your business, knowing that you're doing literally on an average to 100 transactions a year, 96% of your business is repeat and referral. I knew instantly you had to be also doing outside of our industry. You had to be creating networking contacts to be able to, for people to meet you and get to know you, to be able to look at you as somebody to be their trusted advisor. So when you talk about some of the stuff you've done, just really powerful. And I don't think, you know, I don't think we should minimize it for a second. Not everybody's going to be able to do all the things you've done, but it's been a big part of your success overall. So I just, I think it's just awesome. I want to talk about daily though. Like, what does MJ do daily? Like, what is your daily routine, if you will, daily success habits to be able to create what you do? Talk about just the life of MJ. Like, what time do you start and what do you do to start? And just take us through that. Okay. Well, most people know that I'm a rower and uh, rowing means you get up really early in the morning so that you're on the water when it's flat without boats. So between March and December, I'm usually up at 4.30 and I'm out at the boathouse depending on, you know, the light, how, when, when the light comes out. And I, I row in the morning. I row for an hour and a half. I row for two rowing clubs and I'm usually back home about 8.30 or so. Um, then I get ready to do my prospecting. I look at my list of things to do that I create the night before and I have a four quadrant list of things to do, you know. Most important, urgent, important, not urgent, um, not important, not urgent, and urgent and not important. <laughs> so I, I, I separate all my tasks for the days into that quadrant. And as long as I follow that quadrant, uh, then, you know, you're in pretty good shape. I spend most of my morning up until about noon or one o'clock working in my business. Um, that means prospecting, co- making calls. Uh, for 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 prospecting for future business, doing research, reading. I read a lot of news articles, trade magazines, and then I schedule all my appointments in the afternoon. I try to do one to two listing appointments a day, do those in the afternoon, and try to finish up by about six six thirty. And then I do what I call cleanup. You know, in a perfect world, I go through my four quadrant list to see what I've done and what I haven't done and then made the next list for the next day. And I try to stop doing any type of business at around seven. And in the commercial world, that's easy to do. In the residential world, not so easy. Well, it's great. You are amazing. And then there's no doubt for our audience to understand 
why you have the success you've had. I mean, the discipline's over the top. Um, rowing out in the water at 4.30 in the morning, I mean, yeah. it's just, just great, just great. So a couple more questions, and we're going to just wrap this up. If someone said they wanted to really take a jump in their business, they just wanted to take a jump, what are one, two, three things you tell them they want to next year? Like right now, they've listened to you and say, I want to do some of the stuff that MJ's done. What would you tell them they need to do? What is the one, two, or three most important things if they want to take a jump in their business? I think the most important thing to do is get on the phone. Talk to more people. If you're talking to five people a day, double it. Talk to 10 people a day. And they don't have to be particularly prospects. They could be vendors. They could be other realtors from out of the area that you're introducing yourself to. Hey, you know, call somebody from Florida that you might have some connection with. Um, remind them that you're doing business in Connecticut for referrals. Talk to your pest inspector. Hey, you know, um, you know, just want, want to touch base with you to see um, how you're doing, how's business doing, um, just to just to make that connection. And really, so many realtors miss the phone call part of it. And I know sometimes it's, you know, what do you talk about, right? A lot of people think, well, what am I going to talk to him about? And it's not all about real estate. It's just making the connection and making being a reminder. So I think the number one thing is make more phone calls. Um, I think number two, uh, you need to get more materials out into the public. I do a lot of charitable work, too. And I have a special charitable logo that I created so that anytime I donate to uh, a golf tournament or the Berlin Little League or Berlin Bear football, you know, I try to get my my charitable logo out there and I try to attend the events. It's more cumbersome because you have to spend extra time to do that. But again, you're going to meet a whole new realm of people. Did you say you sleep? When did you sleep? Yeah, I, I do sleep. I get a, I get eight hours. I get eight hours oh, of sleep. Yeah, I make sure I do because I think productivity definitely goes down if you don't have your eight hours. So I've got one final question yes. for you. One final question. Do you think that residential realtors can successfully transact commercial real estate? Absolutely. It's very easy. I think your mind is the only thing that will limit you from not being able to, to segue into and you just take an example of what I've done and apply it, and you'll be just fine. That's great. So I want to say a huge thank you because, um, as you know, I, I live my life by believing that there's another level of greatness for all of us within us. And you demonstrate that both in your mindset and your action and everything you do, that MJ wants to be the best that she can possibly be. There's just no doubt about it. So thank you so much. It was really great. You're welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors. As a reminder, please subscribe to this podcast to receive new episodes as soon as they are released. For more information on me, my team, and my educational programs, visit my website at www.coachjeffwright.com. Thank you for listening, and here's to your success.